0: If you have, which I see you've got lots of young people in this church, if you have a young person who's interested in going to college, I know college isn't for everyone, but they're interested in pursuing a degree in biblical studies um, or Christian counseling, Uh, those are the two main programs that we offer um, uh, right now. And so if you you have uh, any students that's on their radar Uh, We would love to have them at our school. Our school is not huge, so like if you're looking for like a couple thousand students to go hang out with, Messenger probably wouldn't be the place for you, all right? But if you like a more smaller, intimate learning environment, um, that's what Messenger uh, College is. And we have some great uh, world-changing leaders that are there with us. Um, And so uh, while I'm here, if any parents or any students uh, would have any questions, make sure um, to ask. And, Tiago, do you get those giveaways? Do we have any, like, junior seniors, any junior seniors in the house? Oh, don't be ashamed. Come on. You should be like, I'm almost done. <laughs> All right. We got two right there. Perfect. And we got twos Awesome. Hand it out. All right. Give it up for your juniors and seniors. <laughs> woo Awesome. Awesome. Also, I'll quickly mention, um, uh, Couple years ago, I wrote uh, two two different books. One is called The Burn Factor, which talks about Elisha and Elijah, uh, kind of follows their story, follows a little bit um, of a little bit of my story when I experienced God's call in my life. And the other one is In Pursuit. Um, if uh, if you have trouble falling asleep at night, um, possibly these could help you. Um, so. But I'll, I'll have them, I'm the worst book salesman ever, but I'll have them uh, in the back and we'll just sell them for like five bucks, how about that? And uh, Chiago be there, I only have a couple, but Chiago will be in the back uh, um, and uh, also, I always have a deal, if you promise me you'll read the book and you don't have five bucks, all you have to do is walk up, give them a fist pound and say I'd like a book, all right? Uh, just keep your promise, all right, okay? All right, turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 26. I hope that you have had a wonderful day. Um, I surely have. And it's good to be alive. Amen? Good to be alive. Matthew chapter 26, and we're going to read a few verses of Scripture starting in verse 26. So Matthew chapter 26. Sorry, we'll start in verse 36. Excuse me. So this is right before... Um, Jesus is getting ready to go to the cross. He's just had the Last Supper with his disciples, and Jesus is going into the Garden of Gethsemane um, to meet with God and, uh, and and to pray and to bear his heart. And so he takes some disciples with him, and we're going to read what happens. Matthew twenty six verse thirty six says, "Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to the disciples." "'Sit here while I go and pray over there.' "'And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, "'and he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. "'And then he said to them, "'My soul is exceedingly sorrowful even to death. "'Stay here and watch with me.' Verse 39, he went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Verse 40, then he came to the disciples and he found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, a second time he Went away and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if this cup cannot pass away from me unless I drink it, your will be done. And he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away again and prayed the third time, saying the same words. Then he came to his disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. Let's pray. Father, I love you tonight. Thank you for your presence here. Thank you for your word. Cause your word to come alive inside of our hearts and lives. In Jesus' name we pray and everyone said amen. Amen. There's a story um, I heard not too long ago of um, two college football players. And they were getting ready um, for their big bowl game. And uh, the coach uh, pulled them in and said, Hey, here's the deal. You know, your grades have got to be up to a certain level or you're not going to be eligible for the bowl game. And these two boys, Tiny and Bubba, knew that they had to pass their last exam. And if they didn't pass the exam, they weren't going to be able to play. So they walk into this last class to take their final exam. And uh, the teacher stands up and says, I have great news for you guys today. This is going to be a one-question exam, all right? And even better, it's going to be um, fill-in-the-blank, all right? So Tiny Bubba got excited. The whole class is excited. The teacher says, write it down. Question number one, old McDonald has a, and he said fill-in-the-blank, all right? So yes, just like the kids were so excited, All right. Tiny and Bubba were just the same. They were so excited, right? And so they uh, reached down. But then all of a sudden, Tiny reached over to Bubba and elbowed him. And he said, Bubba, man, help me out. I don't know the answer, right? And Bubba looks back at um, Tiny and he says, seriously? You, you don't know the answer? Everyone knows what that answer is. The answer is farm." The answer is farm. Oh, yeah, that's right, that's right, that's right. So Tiny goes to write down the word farm, and then Tiny stops for a minute and looks back to Bubba and says, Bubba, how do you spell farm? How do you spell farm? Bubba goes, you really are the dumbest person I've ever met. Everybody knows. It's E-I-E-I-O, right? You see, words can be tricky, right? Words can be tricky, okay? So tonight I want to teach you a new word, all right? Some of you probably know it, but it's going to be the title of my sermon. The title tonight is going to be Stay Woke. Everybody say Woke. Woke. So maybe that's a new word for you. Uh, For me, when I heard the word, I get to be around young people a lot, which is great, but it's also awful because they always remind me how old I'm getting and how, you know, old-fashioned I'm getting and all that stuff. One day I was in my office and And I heard one of my assistants use this word. Hey, that person's so woke. And I was like, what did you say? They said, that person is so woke. And I'm like, you need to learn to speak English. And they're like, no, you don't know what woke means. So tonight I'm going to teach you a new word, all right? Woke. Here's what woke is. It's basically slang, slang for with it. Like that person is with it, all right? They are awake. They are aware, all right? So everybody say woke. Look at your neighbor and say stay woke. Stay woke. In this, in this scripture that we read tonight, literally, literally the disciples were struggling to stay awake. They were struggling to stay with it. They were struggling to be with Jesus and stay with Jesus. And Jesus kept coming back to them and was literally saying... Hey, could you, could you please just stay with me? Could you wake up? We've all been there before uh, in life when uh, we've been sleepy before. Are you with me? Okay? Where we're just really struggling to, to, to keep it, to, to stay awake, to stay aware. But I believe there's a spiritual principle in this story where, yes, the disciples were tired. And, yes, it was the middle of the night and just the facts were they were just sleepy. I believe that there is spiritual principles for us that we do have to make sure we are staying awake and aware. We got to stay woke. I say, stay woke. So there's two things I want to share with you tonight. Uh, the first thing is this. We have to stay woke in our walk. Stay woke in our walk. Now, what am I talking about? I'm not talking about our physical walk, but I'm talking about our spiritual walk with the Lord, our, our spiritual personal relationship with God. And I know that this is going to sound so simple tonight, all right? I know that I'm preaching to the choir because you're like, hey, I'm at church on Sunday night, all right? A lot of Christians are at home, okay, eating Oreos and watching, you know, whatever shows on TV, okay? So you're woke, you are here tonight, and it sounds very simple, but the simplicity of the truth is really what keeps our hearts awake. Okay. And so when I say stay woke in your walk, what I'm talking about is our personal, or I say personal, our personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Our personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Um, you know, like I, I love to, one of the things I love to do is I love to go thrift store shopping, all right? No shame, right? I, I love to go thrift store shopping, right? I love to go and bargain hunt and look for all these things. But if I, if I buy something like a jacket from a thrift store, and a take it home, uh, it is not necessarily my jacket, it was w- what we would call a second-hand jacket. Are you with me? Meaning it belonged to somebody else and it's kind of just been handed down to me now. I'm not the original owner. Sometimes when we, we talk about relationship with Christ and things of faith, a lot of times, and I see this when I get to work with young people, a lot of people's experience with Christ is secondhand. It's passed me down, right? Um, When Paul wrote to Timothy a letter, he said, Timothy, the faith that I see inside of you, I saw it in your grandmother and then I saw it in your mother, but then he doesn't say, oh, and you got the same thing. He says, but now I see it inside of you. But often when we talk about faith and the things of God, sometimes all it is for us is hand-me-down faith, meaning it really never became our personal relationship with God, all right? This is why parents are so frustrated today because, like, I don't understand. I raised my kid in church, and and they were there, and they were on the worship team and on the drama team, and then they, they went off to college, and, like, now they don't even, they don't even, they don't come to church, they don't know God. Somewhere along the way, it was just hand-me-down faith for them and it never became personal and when it's not personal when it's not a personal walk with God that we're watching over with then it never becomes ours this is why as parents when you're you're raising your kids yes we don't make faith optional we don't make coming to church optional we're we're there we're bringing there and we're faithful but we have to make sure that they are discovering their faith Because if it's not theirs and they don't learn to take ownership of it, then somewhere along the way somebody else is just going to pass something down to them. All right? And so what we're talking about is staying woke in our personal walk with Christ, our personal relationship that we have to learn to stay woke in that area. And they say, now this sounds simple. We we, we know about this, and it is. But listen what the writer of Hebrews said. The writer of Hebrews said that we must pay Careful attention. Everybody say careful attention. Careful attention. Listen very carefully to the truth that we have heard, or we can do what? We can drift from it. We can drift from it. I know it sounds simple that, yes, my personal relationship with Jesus requires me to pay attention, it requires me to be aware of it, and that sounds simple. And, and it is a simple truth, but if, if we don't, what happens is we begin to drift. Pay attention to that word, drift. I don't know if you've ever um, been to a water park in the summertime, but there's this uh, ride that is always the number one water attraction ride for adults, and it's called the Lazy River. All right? For adults 18 and up, it's the number one ride. Like, they don't want the crazy, like, lose your mind water slide, all right? They don't want to be in the kiddie pool with all, you know, the whatever happens in the kiddie pool, okay? You with me? All right, they don't want to be in the wave pool. They want to be in the lazy river, right? Because what do you do in the lazy river? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. It's amazing. They give you a tube and you do nothing. But you go somewhere, right? Because why are you going somewhere? Because there's a current that's floating you along, right? There's a current that's floating you along. Why does a writer of Hebrews say, pay careful attention to the simple truth that you've heard, because if not, what will happen is you begin to drift. You begin to drift. And in this world, if we don't stay woke in our personal walk, and we're not aware of it, we begin to just drift into the current of this world. And if we've not paid attention to it lately, the current of this world is not moving towards the things of God, right? And we can get mad about that and and, and rightly get upset and all those things, but that's not going to change. That's never going to change because we're pilgrims passing through, all right? So, but if you don't stay woke in your personal walk, you begin to drift and you drift in that current. And before you know it, you begin to fall into things that you're like, where did this mess come from? Where did I pick up this habit? Where why am I talking to my spouse like this? Why am I getting so upset and angry at my kids? Because we've not stayed woke in our personal walk and we begin to drift. We kick that car into autopilot, and we're like, I got this. I know. I've, I done read this Bible front and back. I mean, me and Jesus were BFF. I've been to all Sunday school. I never missed. They gave me all the stickers, right? Like, I'm there. Listen, I'm just telling you, we can get into autopilot, all right, into cruise control, and if we're not careful, we begin to drift. And so you've got to stay woke. you got to stay woke. you got to stay aware of that personal walk. The other, a uh, couple weeks ago, we went home for Christmas, and I grew up in Virginia, and, and unfortunately, I don't get the privilege of living close to any of, any of our family, so anytime that we try to go visit family, it's a long, it's a long way, right? So it's like a 17, 18-hour drive, and people always say, why don't you fly? Because I'm like, I got four kids. It would take a loan from the bank, all right? So we were driving, and we had planned to do it in two days, all right? So we didn't get up early. We just left around noon, and, and we're driving. But then, you know, a couple energy drinks later, like, I'm feeling good, right? So we're like, I'm just going to keep going. So about 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, I'm still rolling. All the kids are asleep, and my wife is asleep. But every now and then, you know what my wife would wake up and do? She'd wake up and say, hey, are you awake? Are you awake, right? And I would be like, I wanted to say, Yes, I am, but I wish I was, you know, sleeping real good like the rest of you. But I appreciate that she was reminding me, hey, are you awake? Are you drifting off? Are are you with it? Stay with it. We have to stay woke in our personal walk. We have to have those little nudges that remind us, are you with it? Are you awake? I know you've heard this, but stay with it. It's our spiritual walk. We're talking about our spiritual walk. Now, not too long ago, I took my kids out. It was a, uh, an afternoon, we went to the park, and, and there's a lot of kids in the neighborhoods playing, and, and uh, our, our family is very competitive. Uh, I am a very competitive person, which is why I need actually prayer tonight, because uh, Pastor Greg beat me like 15 games of ping pong, all right? So my, my little competitive heart is, you know, crying tonight. But at the park, our kids were like, hey, let's play this game. I was like, sure, let's play this game. And they said, we have a kickball, make up a game. I was like, okay, let's make up a game with the kickball. I was like, how about I throw the ball as high as I can, and if you catch it, You get to stay in the game, but if you drop it, you're out, all right, and it's a stupid game, but it was fun, and we were playing, and all these kids started gathering around, you know, and then it just kept getting more competitive and more competitive, you know, then I'm like really chucking it up in the air, and then they're like, hey, let's go out in this big field out here, and then you can really throw it far and make us run and dive, like, okay, let's do this. We go down, and the first person up was my daughter, and I just chucked the ball. I mean, it was way up there, and she was just running as fast as she can. Next thing you know, she's face-planted on the ground, right? Because there was a pothole that she was not aware of. You could not see it, and it tripped her up, all right? Again, we're talking about staying woke in our walk. Can Can I share with you some potholes, some potholes in our walk that can trip us up? All right, look at your neighbor and say, don't be tripping. Don't be tripping, all right? Don't be tripping. Let me, let, me, let me share with you some very common potholes, okay? How about this one? And I know this one sounds very simple, but how about unforgiveness? We're like, oh, come on, we're Christians. Why do we need to talk about it? You know, think about this. When the disciples came to Jesus, they asked Jesus, Jesus, if someone does something wrong to us, and they come back, and they were in the wrong, but they ask us to, to forgive, how, like, Like, Jesus, like, really, how many times do we need to forgive them? How many times? And Jesus didn't give a number for them to say, okay, this time. But he said, you know what, if somebody sins against you and comes back and forgive, even seven times in a day, still forgive them. And it wasn't that seven was the magic number. He was just saying, basically, anytime somebody does you wrong, forgive them. Now, here's what's fascinating about the the disciples' response. When Jesus says to them, when somebody does you wrong, forgive them, do you know what the disciples' response was? Lord, increase our faith. Think about that, okay? Now, these are the disciples. They've been with Jesus every day for the past three years. They've seen Jesus take the bread and the fish and feed 20,000 people. They've seen people raised from the dead, all right? They've seen blind eyes open, and then Jesus looks at them, and he's like, you go and do likewise. And they're like, I'm going to do it. I'm ready. I'm going to raise the dead. I'm going to heal the sick. I'm going to cast out devils, all right? Let's go do this thing right now. Then Jesus says, when somebody does you wrong and they hurt you, forgive them. Oh, God, increase our faith right now. Can we have somebody lay hands on me? I don't have it in me telling you unforgiveness will trip us up it will trip us up yes offense comes do you know there was a very famous preacher who one time said it is impossible that no offenses come he said it's impossible basically it's impossible that you won't ever be offended he said that's impossible and that wasn't t.d. jakes that wasn't stephen furtick that was jesus christ He said, you are going to be offended. But if we're not careful and we don't stay woke, when we get hurt and we get offended, it trips us up so fast. And then what happens? We're right into that current that's pulling us aside, pulling us away from the things of God. Offense and unforgiveness, they will will trip you up. Let me tell you another one that will trip you up, discouragement. Discouragement will trip you up. You know, we all go through seasons in life and, some are more enjoyable than others. You know, sometimes we used to have this mindset that once I come to Christ and give Him my life, everything else is just going to be top of the world. Like, never going to have bad days, never going to experience hurt, never going to experience pain. But we all go through seasons, and some of them are very discouraging. But in those discouraging seasons... You have to make sure that you don't allow discouragement to just trip you up. Listen to what the prophet Isaiah said. And we quote this often. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But then this is the part we love to write songs about. But those who wait in the Lord shall renew their strength, and they do what? They mount up with wings like eagles, right? They run, and they're not weary, and they walk, and they don't grow faint. And we like that. That verse, and we like what it reminds us. But if you think about it, there's a picture in life that what some of the seasons we go through. Sometimes you go through seasons and you feel like you're flying like an eagle. Sometimes you go through seasons and you're not flying, but you're running. But then sometimes in life, you're just barely walking. Are you hearing me? You're going through some discouraging seasons. And so what has to happen is, is that in those discouraging seasons, you can't let that trip you up to keep you from keep on walking. So what this looks like is when you're going through a season and and you're like a quack, quack, you're like one of those eagles, okay? You need to come alongside and and pat those little walkers on on the backside and say, hey, come on, it's going to be okay. I know you're discouraged right now and I know you're hurt from what you went through and I know that you're disappointed but God's still with you. Come on, let's keep, let's keep moving. Let's keep moving because it won't be long and you're going to be flying again and then I'm going to need some encouragement. Talking about staying woke in your walk. Discouragement can be so real. Think about when Jesus talked to Simon Peter and he said to him, he said, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked for you that he might sift you. He said, Satan has asked for you that he might sift you. But then what does the Lord say? He said, but I have prayed for you that your faith wouldn't fail. If you're going through a discouraging season right now in life, I want you to read this and take heart because you know what? Guess who's praying for you? Jesus. 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 Some of you, your marriages are just going through a discouraging season. And you feel, like you're being, you feel like you're being shook. You feel like you're being rattled. Just like Simon Peter was. He said Satan's trying to sift you. He's trying to shake you. Trying to shake your family to its very core. And what does Jesus say? I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. My eyes are on you. Just keep moving. Keep walking. Everybody say stay woke. In your walk. Can I give you another pothole? Let me give you another pothole. Cares and concerns. Cares and concerns. We all have them, right? We all have cares. We all have concerns. It's nothing new. But what happens sometimes is that we begin to let them weigh us down. They weigh heavy on us. She, I'll go, why don't you help me out for a second? Come on up here. This is my friend, Thiago. Can you give him a hand? Come on up here, Thiago. Right up on this stage. Thiago's from Brazil. Hop on my back. He didn't know he was going to do this. And we've never done this before. So if it fails, put it on YouTube and let's be famous, okay? So Thiago represents the cares and concerns of this world, which we all have. Bills that need to be paid. Kids that get sick. Bad reports from the doctor. Kids who have left their faith in Christ, struggles, concerns, we all have them, nobody's exempt. But guess what Jesus said? When we are weary and we have burdens, Jesus gave us very specific instructions. And what were they? They were to bring them to him. Bring your concerns Bring your burdens to the Lord and cast them, right? Because his yoke is easy and his burden is light. But somewhere along the way in our spiritual walk, we think we're super spiritual and we can just carry it all, right? Because we like to think about it and process it. And especially sometimes men, we're like, I got to figure this out. And we're carrying it and carrying it. Guess what happens? We get weary. We get out of breath. I got a Brazilian on my back right now, okay? But some of you got a Brazilian problems on your back. Back right now okay are you hearing me tonight and they're weighing you down they're concerning you it's causing you to lose sleep at night listen Jesus never intended for you to live this way he said bring it to me and give it to me he said don't worry about tomorrow he said look at the birds he said they don't worry they don't concern I take care of them listen tonight stay woke in your walk Don't carry the burdens that are carrying you down, causing you to be weak and weary and tired. This is why in the house of God, sometimes we face so much burnout. It's not because we're too busy serving God. It's because we're trying to serve God like this. Like, ugh, I can't do this. Pastor, I can't. I can't teach a Sunday school class anymore. I need a break, okay? It's because we're carrying all this stuff. That God never intended for us to carry. You're getting tired, aren't you? I yeah. think this is harder on you. Okay. Give y'all a hand. Everybody say, stay woke in your walk. Stay woke in your walk. Your spiritual walk with Christ that we have to guard over. Before I share with you the last one, listen. Your walk has to be personal for you. My personal walk with Christ, my wife cannot live it for me. I can't live a personal relationship with Jesus for my children. They must experience that. Nobody else can live that for you. And the moment that that can become alive inside of our hearts it's my personal relationship that I must guard over, that I must feed, that I must invest in, it becomes real to us. A few years ago, one of our, our youngest was a little younger than two years old. I love having all these kids in here tonight because it reminds me of my kids. And my, my two year old in this service was getting really fussy and really tired. And so I took him out into the foyer because he was getting really loud. He was starting to cry. And um, I walked out, and in this church in the foyer, they had had a basket of mints, and it was these nice, soft peppermints, right? Not the cheap ones like I have, all right, but the nice, soft ones, right, you know, that just open up and just begin to melt in your mouth, and so... I picked up um, a handful of those, and I'm like, "Well, let's try this." All right, but it was too big for a two-year-old. All right, I know that you know, Dad sometimes can be really ignorant in those areas. All right, but I knew, hey, you can't have this entire mint. But I went back inside with him, and what I did is I opened up this soft peppermint, and I would bite off a little piece, and and it was like he knew exactly what I was thinking. I was like, "That's my boy right there." All right, and he looked up at me, and he just opened his mouth, ah, like this, and so I. I spit that peppermint in his mouth, that little chunk. And he chewed that peppermint about 10 seconds, and then guess what he did again? Ah, right? I spit another piece in his mouth. And he'd eat, and he's like, "That's you could tell. He's like, man, this is awesome. For the next 30 minutes, the remainder of that service, all right, we were all good, right? He was fed. So many of us in our personal walk, we wonder, why am I struggling? Why why do I keep getting tripped up? Because we come rolling here on Sunday morning, right? And pastor gets up, and pastor's like, I got a word for you this morning. He's he's spitting it out there, all right? And we're like, this is good, and it is good word, right? But if you don't feed yourself, are you with me, okay? If you don't feed yourself the rest of the week, all right, this ain't going to go very far for you. It has to become your personal relationship that you're guarding over. Say, stay woke in your walk. And quickly, number two, before we wrap up, is stay woke in your ways. Stay woke in your walk, but then stay woke in your ways. Stay aware of your ways. What am I referring to when I talk about your ways? What I'm referring to is that every breath that we have is a gift from God. So what we're doing with our life, essentially our ways, we need to stay aware of that because if every, if every breath that I have is a gift from God, then everything that I possess, everything that I have, it's his. And so we must be aware of what we're doing with the days that we have on this earth. We must be aware of that. We must stay woke in that area. In the New Testament in Matthew, Jesus tells a parable, Matthew chapter 25, of of three servants. And they were were given a different amount of talents. One got five talent, one got two talent, and one got one talent. And basically the moral of the story was is that when, when the master came back after he gave them their talents and went away, he came back one day and he wanted an account of what have you done with what I invested inside of you. What did you do? The servant who had five, he said, well, I took that five and I turned it into two, into ten. The servant that had two, he said, I took that two and I turned it into four. And then the servant that had one, he said, well, I, just, I didn't feel like one was very important. He wasn't aware that what he had was a gift from God and that one day God would come and would ask, what did you do with what I gave you? All of us in this room tonight, God has given us something. Are you hearing me? God has given you something, okay? God has given you something, and one day we're going to stand before God, and he's going to say, what did you do with what I gave you? With your ways, with the gifts and abilities and and, and talents, and what did you do with those things? I know sometimes we feel like we don't have much to offer, but can I tell you, tonight every single one of us have something to offer God. Something to offer God. Before Jesus came into Jerusalem uh, on, on Palm Sunday in Luke chapter 19... Uh, Jesus came into Jerusalem, but before he did, he gave his disciples in a simple instruction, and he said, go into the city, and you are going to see a colt, a donkey, a simple donkey, and he's going to be tied up, and here's here's what the instructions were. Jesus said, go untie that donkey, let him loose, and if anybody says, why in the world are you loosing that donkey, you tell them the Lord has need of him. Some of you in your life, all that you have felt like your entire life when things, discussions like this happen are you're like, I don't have anything to offer God. I don't have anything to offer God. There's nothing that I do. But can I tell you tonight that everybody has something to offer God? And maybe your life you felt like that donkey, all right? You just feel like this donkey, like you're not the big stallion up front, okay, pulling the chariot, but you just feel like you're a donkey. Listen, the reason that you experience Jesus and his love and grace has forgiven you and set you free. The reason that you are loosed is so that the, because the Lord has need of you. He has need of you, you have purpose, you have. Giftings and abilities that God wants to use you for. Paul said it like this in Romans chapter 12. He said that we were to present our bodies as a living sacrifice. As a living sacrifice. Meaning that basically every breath that we have, offer it to God. Offer to God. Every breath that we have, offer it. To God as a living sacrifice, as our reasonable service to God. In your ways, offer it to God. I love what the King James says in Romans chapter 12. It starts off saying, I beseech you, brethren. Sometimes you just need a little old King James in your life. I beseech you. I mean, what does beseech even mean, right? I mean, try that this week. I want to just encourage all of you this week, okay, when you're talking to your spouse or your children, say, hey, I beseech you. What does that mean? I have no idea, but I just still beseech you. Paul said, I beseech you. And what do I beseech you with? Everything you have belongs to God. And it's our reasonable service to offer it to him. This is why we must stay woke in our ways, because God has a purpose and a plan for our life. Can you imagine with me what could happen to this community and I know, I'm, I know I'm talking to the choir tonight, all right? You're here being faithful on a Sunday night. But can you imagine what would happen to this community, what would happen to this church if every single person said, I'm going to find my place of service in the house of God? Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Listen, you could turn this community upside down. And maybe you've been here and you've been struggling. said, I just, I don't think there's a place for me. There is a place for you. I remember, and I'll get ready to close, as a young kid in the church, our Sunday school teacher got up and she said, you know what? She's like, I want to begin to teach you guys how to serve. Because she said, you, you have giftings and you have abilities and you can use them, use them for God. And so what, what she did is they started a TIA program, all right? It wasn't the CIA, even though we felt like we're in the CIA. It was T I A. It was called Teens and Action. All right? And I remember they made us these bright green cheesy vests. They look horrible. But we thought they were the coolest thing around, all right? And what they did was they started, on weekends, they started putting us out front serving. Like we were greeting at the door. We were holding open doors. I do not recommend this, okay, and it's definitely not sponsored by State Farm or Allstate, but they let us start parking cars, all right? I mean, we were 12 years old, and we're out there parking cars, okay? But every time people would roll up into the church instead of just, you know, and, and don't get me wrong, come on, because we need all ages participating, okay? But, I mean, and, and they would walk up, and here's this 12-year-old greeting them. Hey, thanks for coming today. We're so glad. We're going to park you over here. When it would rain, we'd grab an umbrella and walk them in, 12, 13 years old. What they were doing is they were instilling inside of us that we had something to offer. That we had a gift, and ability, and we could offer it to God. That you could offer to God every single one of us. You have a gift. You have an ability to offer to God. Stay woke in your ways. Stay woke in your ways. The days that God has given you to be alive, let's use him for God's glory. Would you stand with me tonight? you stand with me tonight Father God I thank you Lord that you have called us to the kingdom for such a time as this I thank you for this church you've called to the kingdom for such a time as this Lord, and if I know anything in my heart tonight, I know that from your heart, you are saying down to us, now is not a time to be slumbering or sleeping or dozing, but now is a time to be spiritually awake and alive to all that you want to do in the kingdom of God. Because you're doing great things in this hour, God. You're doing great things. You're building your church and the gates of hell, they will not prevail. You're building strong marriages and you're building healthy families, God. And and you're building believers who know how to go into the world that they live in and shine their light into the darkness. So God, cause us to be spiritually awake, spiritually aware of God, all that you have. you just would you just lift your hands to God right now come on all ages young and old would you just say Lord here's my life Lord would you just use it for your glory would you just use it for your glory God there you go just God use my life for your glory I'm gonna make a difference in this world In our world today, the problem is not the darkness. The problem is not the darkness. So many times all we focus on, it's so dark, it's so dark, it's so dark, it's so dark. Can I tell you tonight, light has never been defeated. Light is undefeated. Light has never lost. So when we begin to present our lives and we say, God, use our life for your glory, that light begins to penetrate the darkness. And then, God, I thank you, Lord, that you're going to begin to penetrate the darkness that we live in every day. You're going to begin to penetrate in the workplace, in our communities, in our schools, Lord. You're going to begin to penetrate as we go into, God, the grocery store, God. And as we go into the workplace and into the world that we live in, Lord, let light flow through us in in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, 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 in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you, Lord. There you go. Just say, Lord, for your glory, use, use my life for your glory. 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 Would you just reach out to the person beside you? If you're sitting by yourself, just uh, sneak into a row that's got some people. And would you just put your hand on their back and would you just pray for them right now? Come on, would you just pray for them? If you got your young children, just gather them with you and just begin to pray. Say, Lord, stir up the gifts inside of our lives, Lord, in Jesus' name. Show us where our place is to serve, God, in Jesus' name. There you go. Pray for your young kids. Say, God, let faith just be alive inside of them. Let them let our family be, let our family be light. If you're standing beside your spouse, say, Lord, give us a marriage that's strong, Lord, that's an example for those around us, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. There you go. Just pray for one another. Let the Spirit of God flow flow through you. Flow through you as you encourage one another, Lord. Encourage us on our walk tonight, Lord, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Spirit of God. 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 Cause us to come alive. Cause us to come alive. Just pray that simple prayer. Say, Lord, cause us to come alive. Cause us to come alive. Cause us to come alive in Jesus' name. Spirit of God. well up inside of us well up inside of us maybe you've been in a season of discouragement just say Lord I'm going to keep walking I'm going to keep moving Spirit of God well up inside of me in Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name caught up in your presence tonight God caught up in your presence tonight I just want you I just want you let's sing this tonight together let's sing this I'm Caught up in your presence I just want to sit here at your feet I just want to Come on sing this to the Lord the Lord's the Lord is awakening us tonight As they sing it one more time, if you're here tonight and, and you would just like special prayer, if you'd, if you'd like prayer, love to pray with you. If you have any need or just would like someone to believe with you for something, would you just uh you can just come to the front as they sing it one more time and we will pray with you tonight. As they sing it one more time, would you just come if you have any special prayer? We'll believe with you tonight. Let's sing it together.
1: I'm
2: in the still small voice right to your heart that will move you and shake you so strongly don't miss the moment because of your own agenda, your own thought just in this place just stay in His presence But I will use it. I'm wrong, but I'll use it. But I can get away with it because I got—I got Arkansas talk in me. Man, that was good. We know God's trying to stir something in you right now. He's trying to wake up some things in your life, alert some things in your. Strengthen some things back in your life. I mean that honestly. If you're just in yourself, you begin to think as he was as he was preaching that, like, "Oh God, I've drifted some. I, I I used to be a little bit more alert. I used to be a little bit. I've I've got caught up in just trying to coast, and I've been coasting away in areas. I want to grab hold of something." Begin to lock back in with what God's done in you. Let's start over back at the beginning, God. Hallelujah. I want our ushers to come. We're not going to end this thing just yet. But, but I want our ushers to come. And we're going to give our time, or our offering. If you weren't here this morning, you still give up your ties, you need to. Got a second chance tonight. Don't miss it. We're gonna give to him. Hey, let you know, because we're gonna sing one more song and, and we'll be dismissed. But but one reminds you. Hey men, I mean men we got out there tonight. Hey wives, poke your husbands, they don't know they're a man yet right now. They're just, they're dependent upon you to let them know. I'm like, is that okay? Can I raise my hand to this? Yeah, how I many men we got out there tonight? I'm going to poke them a little harder. We got some that's still scared to admit. They don't want to, we got men. Hey, we got a men's day out coming up, but we've got a men's meeting uh, Tuesday night, 7 o'clock. Hey, no women allowed. Feed one another. And we we did this strategically. It's after the fast, so we'll feed ourselves good, too. And then we'll sharpen iron. We'll build the relationships that's needed. So I want to encourage you, men, come out. Women, I want to encourage you, build up your man and make them come out. They think they need your permission for everything. So you tell them that hey, you're going to the men's meeting tonight because you've got to get big. You've, come on, I need a real man to lead me. So, you got to go to the men's meeting. Man, get out there. Well, let's give to him. Father, I thank you for your blessings, your goodness, God. You have been so good to us. And God, now we give to you an offering. Not just our tithes, we give to you an offering. This is over and above God. This is just a sacrifice that I pour out to you, God, because I love you so much. And, God, I give to you, not expecting anything, but, God, I know according to your word that you'll bless us anyway. So, God, just pour out your blessings upon your people tonight as they give to you in Jesus' name. Come on. Come on. We're going to praise him one more time. Praise him one more time in this place. And we got some battles that are going to end. Come on, right? And how many I mean, you are looking to see some victories in this week? You're ready to see some, some, some victories take place in your life this week that God begins to do something right before your eyes. You won't see it if you're not paying attention, though. But as you begin to praise Him... As we begin to praise him for it, we're going to see some things, some things that we've been praying for, some things that we've been declaring begin to take shape in our lives. Will you believe it? Well, let's sing this. Believe it. The weapon may be formed, but it won't prosper. When the darkness falls, it won't prevail. Cause the God I serve knows only how to triumph. Come on, declare it out! my God will never fail. Come on, sing it! My
1: God, my God will never fail. You take what the enemy meant for evil. And you turn it for good? You turn it for good. Right now he's doing You take what the enemy meant for evil. And you turn it for good? You turn it for good. Oh, he got it. You take what the enemy meant for evil. For evil and you turn it for good and you turn it for good or you take oh. and you take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good and you turn it for good